0: Welcome, friends. Come now, have your seat by the fire. Here we tell stories of wonder and magic and of gypsies. Come closer and I will tell you of the wandering minstrels. Hey everybody, it's Laura Frechette for Wandering Minstrels Podcast, and thanks for joining me today. Um, so I'm home sick uh, <laughs> from, um, from work on doctor's orders, so I thought, what better way to spend my day off than to make a podcast, um, mostly because my voice is back and, well, at least not as bad as it was yesterday, so um, I can do it. So anyway, today we are going to talk about um Twisted Tales of Fairy and we're actually going to be doing two episodes of it. Um the first is what is in Twisted Tales of Fairy and then for the next show we are going to do what is to come for Twisted Tales of Fairy and that is exciting. Um So, let me first go into, uh, what Twisted Tales of Fairy is about. Um, Twisted Tales of Fairy is about, um, hang on, let me word this correctly. Um, Twisted Tales of Fairy is basically going to be about, um, fairy tales that you all are familiar with, that I'm familiar with, um, and... They're going to be slightly twisted. Um, I will warn you that there will be some adult content in it. Um, So just be warned, don't let the little ones listen because um, their ears might explode. Uh, Not really, but they might be tainted forever and it will be all our fault, your fault, I don't know. But they they turn out like you and me and I don't know if that's such a good thing. (laughs) I know I don't want my kids to turn out like me um slightly demented and and crazy and all that. Although if they have the creative aspect, then maybe it won't be so bad. Anyway, moving on and not questioning anyone's parenting abilities because I'm sure you are all capable and loving parents. Um okay, trying to save myself and I think I'm digging myself a deeper hole. Anyway, so that's what the whole Twisted Tales of Fairy um was about. And sometimes we're actually going back to the original Brothers Grimm type outlook on it, because they weren't actually good fairy tale things that happened. They were pretty dark. Um so anyway, some of them are gonna be modern takes and all this other stuff. But we'll get into that next episode. Right now we're gonna talk about what is and um I hate to say it. I'm going to talk about me a lot, and I hate talking about me. However, um, with the shows that are out, which are audio poems, um, I have to say that I am um, extremely humbled and... Um, let's see, you're humbled, overwhelmed, um, grateful... For the amount of response that I never thought I would have with these um, audio poems. Um, Basically I do write a lot of um, imagery into my poetry and all my other writing and so I thought that this would be a great way to um, see if the imagery works first of all and then to uh, to talk about um or not to talk about but to have my poetry out there in a way that isn't print because um, a lot of print just kind of gets read once and tossed aside but people sometimes enjoy listening to things over and over again because um, I know I do um so anyway what I'm going to do is I'm going to play the poem first and then I'm going to get into it and the reason I'm doing this is because um if I start talking about it then you're gonna wanna pause and then go back and listen to the poem and then come back. So um, I'm just saving you the trip. Although if you would like to listen to the poem separately, you know, that's fine too. Um, So anyway, first one we're gonna go into is the first poem that I put together, which is Pixie Play. There is a wooded valley filled with oak, sycamore, and pine. The ferns and fallen leaves cover the ground as frost embraces all in the area. A small stream caresses the curves of the valley. If followed, it joins a river, and on the way down to the constant rush of water, the remnants of a flood remains. An older pine is ravaged. The roots are pulled from the earth, and the split trunk and branches rest just behind its stump. At first it seems nothing more than an old fallen tree, but as the sun sets, whispers begin to rise from the shadows. The fireflies begin to collect and hover around the branches and alcoves created by the water's will to make nature into a theater.
1: Gather round, ye pixie folk,
0: a little man's voice calls. "'E' beasts and feather friends in the trees, "'come join us for a time. "'There's a
2: riddle to be solved "'and a story to unwind.'"
0: So birds and chipmunks, squirrels and insects, make their way to the open-air theater. Even the guardian pixies come forth into view and take rest as the moon begins to rise. From behind the raised bark of the tree stump Little lights begin to appear, and to applause or booze they play their parts and tell their nighttime tales. But for us, the light is dizzying, and the night is our time for rest, and before you know what has happened, you are drifting into a dream with the sound of distant voices in your head. When you awake, The sun is ready to rise above the horizon. You gather yourself and embrace the cold morning for your trek back to your man-made world. But as you depart, for just an instant you hear a little man say, We are here every evening. Not to
2: worry. You will get to watch our play.
0: Okay, and so that was Pixie Play. And, well, let's start by saying, first of all, yes, I did all the voices, and it was kind of weird. I wrote the poem back in high school. Um, It was very um, relative to my surroundings. Basically, um, when I was in high school. Um, I didn't have a computer of my own, so I wasn't online a lot. I spent most of my time, um, outside either, um, working on stuff for my high school theater group or shooting, um, movies with, um, with my friends. Um, or I was out just looking around, spending time by myself because I was kind of weird like that. Um, and that is something that I recommend for everybody, even as we get older. Um, sometimes going to that quiet place, um, or to the place that you're comfortable in your own skin, um, is is relaxing and rejuvenating and um, essential to functioning um, in a way that um, in a way that you're happy with. Um, so anyway, we, uh, we, (laughs) I don't have multiple personalities, do I? Um, anyway, I went to my, um, backyard, basically. I lived in Goffstown, uh, New Hampshire for a little bit, and that is, um, basically there's like a mile between you and your neighbor, um, in some places, and so behind my apartment building, um, was this, um, well, there was a... Gravel yard, and then there was um, a little bit of a forest that went down to um, to the river that came off of Glen Lake. Um, so one day I decided, eh, let's go. Um, it was fall, so there were a lot of leaves on the ground, and it was very crispy. But a lot of the um, a lot of the uh, colors were still very much in the trees. And there were very tall pines and very tall oak trees, so there was a lot, of, um, a lot of color and a lot of imagery to be had there, and the smells were there, and it just smelled like fall, just one of those crisp days, you know? So um, I went down, and the leaves were crunching between my feet, and um, as I'm going down this really steep hill that goes down to the river, um, I noticed there was a little ravine that was made around um, a tree that had fallen and it looked like it had fallen maybe a year or two before because nothing had really grown out of the stump and so i'm looking at it and all the water had washed away a lot of the land around it and um, the roots were all exposed um, from the stump and i'm looking at it and with all of my theater experience um, it really spoke out to me as a theater in the round and the back part of the stump, um, parallel to, uh, where the, the tree had fallen, so the furthest away from the tree itself, um, the, the bark was sticking up, and I was like, oh, people, actors could just come out from right behind there and start acting and things, and I noticed that there were some, um, tracks around it, you have rabbit tracks, deer tracks, turkey tracks, yes, we have wild turkey, um, so it got me thinking, well, what if it is a little theater? You know, um, how would that play out? I was very into fairies. Well, I'm still very into fairies. What am I talking about? But, um, I was researching, um, all the mythology about fairies at the time. And, um, my art teacher in high school, she had, um, given me this book on the different types of fairy creatures, and um, goblins, and everything like that, and uh, it gave me a lot of inspiration to write this poem, um, The Pixie Play, and it's pretty much just a narration, pretty much what, like what I just said, except a lot more colorful and um, artsy. and. I liked it and when um, we started talking about Twisted Tales of Fairy I thought maybe it would be a good platform for my um, for my poems Um, so I put it together um, and I have about two or three gigs of um, sound effects and one of the things that really helped make the poem seem real was um, the um, forest ambience that I was able to build bring in the other thing that made it eerie but comfortable was um, this uh, track that I found by Kevin McLeod on Incompetech.com. Uh, I was searching there for um, music for, for this podcast to start with and also for um, other shows that we're putting together, as um, Stargazers, um, some of the other Twisted Tales of Fairy, and for my poems because I've... thought well if I'm doing this one you know I've got to do more um and the one track that I found that you're probably gonna notice I use a lot is the fairy tale waltz or the fairy waltz yeah it's fairy waltz and um it it has that eerie tone to it that makes it a little unworldly but it's still kind of comfortable um like a music box almost um, and I think it really fits with, um, the story that I was trying to tell at the time. Okay, so now we're going to go into, uh, Twilight Dances. So I'm going to play that for you, and then we'll get to talking about it.
3: Sweet little melody, on me are you sing, with a precious harmony... In my head you ring. Come, little melody, have you the time to play? Dance with us, hominy, in the rhythm sway. Sweet little little child, listen to our day. Follow us, precious one, into imagining. Come, little child, and stay all night long. Dance and listen to our fairy. Dear Harmony and Melody, why do the fairies sing? To please the air, to please ourselves, to please the Goblin King. Oh, fairy friends, let us away. I'm frightened by your tale. You cannot leave, dear mortal chan. Try, or you shall fail. All hail to his viciousness. Hail the Goblin King.
1: Melody, Harmony... What did you, Pixies, bring? A prize for you on The
3: child which you spoke. The one you were then made long to join us, fairy folk. Oh, Goblin King, please let me go. I have no wish to stay.
1: You would rather be yourself and grow your human way. Why not stay within our land? I'll grant you fairy flights. You'll want for nothing and you can be free to do what you like.
3: And if I should refuse you, king, what will become of me?
1: Then we shall curse those of your kin for your treachery, and you shall watch to your dismay as they fall to our might. So I ask you stay, be one of us, and save them from this plight.
3: I will stay, my goblin king, until my death, I swear. I shall be your fairy child and follow you everywhere.
1: So shall it be, child of man. Let this be a lesson to all. Follow not the fairy song, lest you answer the goblin's call. Alright, so, um
0: as you notice, I was not the only voice in that one. And, um, I have my husband to thank for that now. Um, so let me, first of all, get started with, um, how I came about writing it. Um, I get sick a lot. I have a disease called, um, Bechette's disease where, um, it's an autoimmune deficiency. And when I have an outbreak, I start to get fevers. I feel like completely disoriented. And that's when my best poetry is written, when I'm kind of loopy like that. And um, with this poem, that's how it started. Um, I, I started thinking about, um, you know, a little child playing with fairies, you know, because kids say, oh, well, they have their imaginary friends or they're playing with fairies or what have you. And I thought, oh, well, that's innocent enough. How can I make that twisted? Um, And I remembered um, reading some of my Irish mythology um, or Celtic mythology where um, people in Ireland actually believe that fairies are bad omens. Um, They're very vicious and volatile towards people who try to build their homes on their hills or their their fairyland. Um, So I thought, ooh, That's kind of cool. Let's try to integrate that. And thus I came up with the fairies trying to take the child um, and take them to their king, which would be a goblin king. Now, the goblin king um, came directly from um, the labyrinth by Jim Henson, (laughs) because David Bowie's pretty sexy in that. Um, And I just thought that would be, um, the personality would be perfect for it. Um and that's what I drew his lines off of because he um is very alluring and mysterious and cruel and, but it seems okay. Um and rather than having the seductiveness that David Bowie has, more of the allure to bring this uh child to be his fairy child. Because that apparently was his goal for the year I don't know Um, I came up with it how would I know (laughs) Um, so the um, when it came to voicing them obviously the the child I didn't really taint very much Um, I just brought up my pitch and the problem with bringing up the pitch for um, these different voices is that the tempo changes and when I put um, this together, um, initially I did it all the same tempo, and then I started to alter it, and then I figured out that wasn't going to work, um, because it just didn't sound right, because when you, uh, put the pitch up, the tempo goes faster, and when you put the pitch down, the tempo goes lower, and initially I did the, um, the Goblin King as well, and it just, it really didn't work that way. Um, When I was working on the two fairies, I knew I was going to have them at relatively the same pitch. Um, I I came up with the names Melody and Harmony because it kind of works. Especially if a child's dancing with them. Um, Looking back, I probably should have made Harmony be the more creepier one. Because when you're talking about a song and you're listening to the melody um that's straightforward and the harmony will decide whether what the tone of the song is um so if the the harmony is complementary to the um to the melody then it just sounds big and glorious and lovely and if it's slightly dissonant that brings a more eerie um uncomfortable feel and that's what I was going for um, I just kind of mixed up the characters but I think it works in the end um, when it came to the Goblin King when I realized my voice wasn't really working I was thinking about who I was gonna ask to do it and um, my husband plays um, my husband Adam plays a lot of video games he plays Oblivion and I request to, and granted so do I um, and he decided that he wanted to alter some of the voices in, in those games or he wanted to do his own voicing when he's um, parsing how high he hits or what his damage per second is. Um, and so I'm listening and to some of his stuff as I'm uh, editing all, all the um, fairy parts and uh, I realized that he does a pretty good evil voice. Um, so I asked him if he would... Um, if he would do the Goblin King lines for Twilight Dances. And I left him the script one day, and he said he'd work on it, and I went to work. Um, I came home, and he told me he had worked four hours on it, and he had four different options for me to choose from because he um, he's he used to be a composer. Um, he's taking a hiatus now, but he knows a lot about audition, Adobe audition, and he knows how to, um, mix things very well and how to make things sound creepy or harmonious or otherworldly. Um, so he gave me several different options to choose from. And the first one ended up being the best, which is sometimes what I find works best in most situations. Um, you know, your first, observation or your first, um, intuition. Is that the right word? Word? Intuition? Instinct. Your first instinct when you're reading a line is usually the right one. And then you overthink it. Um, and I find that a lot when I'm casting people, I find that a lot with my own lines. Um, so I really, really liked his first take of it. Um, and he also helped me with mixing the um, the sound effects and the ambience in, which was very helpful because he also has a keen ear and he was able to pick out some things that I wasn't because I'm half deaf. Um, so when he decided, well, not decided, but he suggested that when the characters moved further into the woods, when the fairies are bringing the child to the Goblin King, he said that there should be more wind and there should be something that makes it sound different than the world that they start in and I said okay so we we searched through all my (laughs) thousands of sound bites for ambience and we found this one that ended up working really well um it's just you know some wind and some bugs you don't really hear the bugs though um and the way we put it in we didn't have to edit the track at all but every time the goblin king spoke the wind picked up which was really cool and serendipitous, and I loved it. I loved it, and um, everybody else loved it, too. Um, So I have to give major thanks and props and everything to my husband because he definitely helped build on my initial poem and make it so much better than I could have by myself. Um, Two heads are better than one, basically, is what I'm trying to say. And um, when I sent the initial poem, the just the written version to Gwen, she thought it was pretty cool. But when um, when I sent her the audio version, when Adam and I had finished it, she decided that it was the perfect tone setting for um, Twisted Tales of Fairy, which is why it is at the top of the page, because it's um, it's the feel that she and I both. Think is appropriate for um, this section of Gypsy Audio, um, so we're both really, really happy with it. I hope you guys are happy with it because um, Adam and I it put a lot of effort and um, and part of, a lot of heart into it too. Because this is a big part of me, and I finally got him to um, step up and do some uh, do something with it. Um, with me. It was a very unique experience and I hope it happens again. So now we're going to go on to the latest um, poem that I put out, which is Siren Song, and I'll go into the creation of that afterwards. Tipsy Audio
2: Productions presents
1: Siren song, bend your backs and row. Bend your backs and row.
4: Ah. Our backs are burnt, our arms are sore. Where
1: is the wind on this cursed sea? Bend your backs and row, I say! Save your prayers, ye you cowardly dogs! For out here on the open sea, even God cannot hear ye. I'll show him what to put his whip on, he's dead. Arr, row, dammit! Ha ha, you horrible little barnacles! Row, come on! Days gone by in a glassy sea. No wind nor breeze nor birds to cry. No clouds to guard us from the sun. Binge your
4: backs in row, boys! Come on, row!
1: Push those oars as if the very devil himself were on your backsides and his pitchfork of fire was in my hand. The wind's not blowing to die! Come on, come on. I hear that? I hear that? Hear that? Hear that? Hear Ah, it's the to the breeze. A wind! A wind! Rise the soils! Aye, Stow the oars and mend the lines! Aye, a time for rest from the cruel sun, to dream of a land called home. Did you hear that? I could be just a cabin boy. He always seemed to me a little bit more girl than boy. What is that cabin boy doing?
4: That daft cabin boy needs a damn good spanking!
1: in a trance. A lady's voice in the wind, he said. And though he went to rescue her. That's how he met his end. What's that noise? Can the ears be deceiving me? It sounds like a song. Do you hear her? Who is that? Do you hear I'll save save you, ladies. Now I will save her. Is too close? The rocks! The rocks!
2: For they stole my love for me love
4: to be this cool. price
2: settled. So-
0: Alright, so, uh, Siren Song. (laughs) What'd you guys think? Well, duh, I'm not gonna get an answer right now. But email me. Tell me what you thought, because all I get is how many listens I have. Um, so, progressively, each poem is getting more and more complicated. Um, and I had this idea from listening to a song by Nightwish, um, called The Siren. And she says, uh, um... She doesn't say very much in it, uh, but there's one part where she is singing over, um, over a man who's questioning why his hands are tied to the wheel. Um, And uh, she says, she just sings, come to me. And um, I thought, oh, that's really cool. What if, you know, how, how would that play out in a poem? And I also had been watching um, the animated version of Sinbad. And I like the siren song there, too, and how um, Marina ends up saving the crew and all that. But this time there are no women on board to save them. Um, so I was like, well, who do I get? To, how do I cast the pirates? Because I don't really have any specific people. So um, I, I sent out um, a message to several of my acting buddies who have played parts, um, throughout our audio universe, um, and I got some responses back, um, and basically my question was, do you want to be a pirate? Um, so I got Stevie K. Farnaby, Mark Kalita, um, and Alex Gilmore, um, to be my pirates and my taskmasters, and, um, I left the script pretty open for them. I had certain lines that I wanted to be said, um, and then I (laughs) ended up putting, um, something like, uh, taskmasters, insult the rowers, say something like scurvy bilge rats and, um, stuff like that, but I spelled bilge rats wrong, and so I got a lot of takes of Stevie saying blige rats. I love you, Stevie, for reading things word for word, <laughs> um, and um, so unfortunately I couldn't use it because it wasn't the correct wording, um, but I got some great ad-libs from these guys, um, way more than I ever expected, um, and it definitely helped humanize the um, the whole experience, um, and then I asked Gwen to help me out with the sirens, because me, just by myself, it sounded very empty, Um, and usually with sirens, there are at least two. Um, So, she did some very good takes, and she inspired me, because at one point, she, she just did several versions of Come to Us, Come to Me, and then she ended up singing it. I was like, ooh... Ooh, I can work with that, and I rolled off of her um, ad lib sort of, and uh, she she has some great inflections in there that made um, made the sirens sound more mysterious and seductive, and I loved it. And every time I was adding more things and, and doing our um, the editing, it, it just made me shiver because I was so excited. Um, and it took forever (laughs) to put together and of course not as long as a regular show would take um like I did Jonah Hex a couple years ago and that took me three weeks to put together this one took me two days but it was definitely the longest poem that I've done um and I think that's partially because of the cast but it's definitely one of the best because of the cast um and the um the hardest part of putting it together, other than choosing what tracks I was gonna use and what tracks I wasn't gonna use, um, was uh, getting the boat to crash. Um, I probably spent a good three or four hours going through my um, excuse me, going through my sound effects to find out what would make, what combined would make a good. Um, boat crashing. And so I watch Pirates of the Caribbean a lot to see what a boat crash would sound like. Um, yeah, (laughs) a lot of movie references, but that's how I end up, um, helping myself. Um, so anyway, I would like to hear what you guys think about, um, all of these poems and any, um, anything that you think might make for good material as well, um, coming up. Um, the other thing that happened with Siren Song, once Gwen listened to it, she's like, I know the perfect song to go with this. And we got, um, we got permission from Vixie and Tony to use this song called, um, The Siren Song. And it is hilarious. Um, and I guess I'll play that for you now. And that's how I'm going to end out, um, this episode of wandering minstrels podcast um stay tuned after the song and um i'm gonna have some promos from our affiliates um stevie uh, sent me a promo for escape from new york and that is a very high activity high action um show definitely not for the kids but it's worth it um and I'm also going to be playing uh, something for Mod Lane and something for Barking Mad, um, which both Gwen and I are in. So anyway, if you have any comments, questions, suggestions, send them to Laura at GypsyAudio.org, and I will happily. Hap- la- 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 la. You can tell it's about time for me to stop recording now. Um, I will happily respond to them um, either through email or through the next podcast um, and again next week or next week I don't know um, next show we're going to be talking about what is to come with Twisted Tales of the Fairy um, so I look forward to talking to you all again and have a great week The content of The Wandering Minstrel Podcast is copyright to gypsyaudio.org Music provided by Kevin MacLeod at IncompTech Com. Thank you for listening, and continue to watch for the next Wandering Minstrel podcast on gypsyaudio.org. That is G-Y-S-P-Y-A-U-D-I-O dot Oh,
4: I'm just a singer from out on the coast, doing concerts wherever they're hiring. But good work's hard to find when your name is maligned. So unkind is the life of a siren. It's not easy to shake off your lineage. I know everyone runs from their past. But it's not every artist whose record store deals involve tying execs to a mast. My mother won't come to my concerts. And she knows that she's wasting her breath. Still she begs me, return to a good, honest life Of beckoning men to their death Oh, I feel like a salmon who's swimming upstream And I'll tell you, the journey is tiring So you think it's a splash? You'd be dead in a flash Show compassion if you meet a siren I'm thinking of firing my agent His business sense isn't quite sound he booked me to play at the Lincoln Memorial and half of the audience drowned. I once worked a holiday cruise line, but I took international heat just for pulling some whalers, and a smidgen off course, and the bulk of the Soviet fleet. Oh, how can I keep up a singing career if my fanboys are always expiring? I'm accused of assault, but it isn't my fault. Like a vault for the life of a siren. <laughs> the girls I meet all think it's glamorous making guys fall at your feet. It's not pretty at all when the amorous fall begins 20 floors up from the street. Oh, and don't even mention Odysseus to a hardworking singer like me. Now how would you feel if some out-of-town jerk tried to sneak in your concert for free? <laughs> all my days are as filled with great woes and great ills as anything written by Byron. If you think that it's grand, you can talk to the hand, understand the life of a siren. So I canceled all maritime venues. Things began to go passably well. I played Burning Man, barmaid, the Winter Olympics, some lip-syncing on SNL. But now just when I think of relaxing, my agent is back in the saddle. I've got a world tour, and the cities for sure include Venice, Dubai, and Seattle. (laughs) Oh, they say it's not over till you know who sings. So you might as well bring the whole choir in Cause my sisters are checked to get in on the act And Poseidon is looking to handle my bookings Next month I'll email ya From Sydney, Australia To regalia with Tales of a Siren Thank you.
2: Thank you so much. In the year 1988, the crime rate in the United States rises 400%. The once great city of New York becomes the one maximum security prison for the entire country. A 50-foot containment wall is erected along the New Jersey shoreline, across the Harlem River, and down along the Brooklyn shoreline. It completely surrounds Manhattan Island, All bridges and waterways are mined. The United States police force, like an army, is encamped around the island. The prison's name, New York Maximum Security Penitentiary, Manhattan Island. There are no guards inside the prison, only prisoners and the worlds they have made. This is the Broken Sea Audio production of Escape from New York.
1: You go in, find the president, and bring him out in 24 hours, and you're a free man. I'll think about it. No time. Give me an answer. So get a new president. Trade center dead ahead. Should be there now. going through the wall of cars. What? I said, hold on.
3: Where'd you learn the drive?
1: Come You say we're being popular, getcha?
0: I knew you were unsavory.
1: Unsavory? We've got to work on your descriptions.
0: The enforcers have called. They have apprehended Bach. Excellent, Haley.
2: Thank the galaxy for President Power's fine.
1: But as you can see, I came prepared.
0: Okay, so I buy your history with this place.
1: You have to go. It's not
0: safe for you. Who's the big guy in the frills?
1: Regius Smith. Is that you? You're not getting it, are you? Halo 7 has entered a new regime. Get yourself armed, kid. Stop
0: struggling or I will break your...
1: Um, You think Scorpius will just roll over for you?
2: Bark has been apprehended by the Enforcers. Do not
1: worry about Bark. He can look after himself.
2: By the time I am done with Scorpius, I will have him on all fours calling me his mommy.
1: Bad move. Now I can break some heads.
2: The Enforcers, Scorpius, no one will stand in our way. They don't call me Barking
1: Mad
0: for nothing. It's
2: all part of the plan. Top Doctor Mark 10 Productions presents... Barking Mad 2! Encounter at Halo 7. Coming...
1: Soon. You call someone unsavory, and you will find that one day you'll be waking up from a pool of your own blood. Got it?
2: Welcome to the Eagle and Child Pub in Oxford... It's 1933, and while life is normally quite dull around here, there are free blokes lately who...
4: Valkyries! We saw Valkyries! I jolly well hope that by the end
2: of term not a mythological creature is ever seen again. I would that they had never existed.
1: Um, I hate to point this out, Worsley, but usually by definition, if it is mythological, it never existed. (laughs) Now you're confusing me. I thought that was my calling in life.
2: Normally, I wouldn't believe a word they told me. But, seeing as last week, Ares, God of War, was in the pub, causing 30 quid of damage, I might add, the fiend... I'm beginning to expect the unexpected round here. Oi, I thought I ordered the shepherd's
4: pie.
3: Coming!
4: Broken Sea Audio Productions, Maudlin. Join the mayhem at brokensea.com.